0: Explorable is a podcast about travel, disability, and inclusion. I'm Josh Loebner, Director of Strategy at Design Sensory.
1: I'm co-host Toby Willis, Senior Product Manager for Inclusive Technology and President of the Ability Inclusion Movement at Expedia Group.
0: We're both blind. And we love everything travel. This is Explorable. We interview experts, advocates, and allies of tourism, destinations, and disability
1: to make each journey more explorable.
0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Explorable, the podcast from a business-to-business standpoint that connects accessible travel, disability brands, businesses, and destinations all across the country and beyond. I'm Josh Loebner, co-host, and I'd like to say hi to our other co-host, Toby Willis. How are you doing, Toby?
1: Hey, Josh. I'm doing well, and uh, couldn't be more excited to uh, have our guest on today. Uh, I am an avid uh, fan and daily user of this product. So, uh, Josh, why don't you introduce Troy Otilio?
0: Definitely. That sounds great. And, and I first connected with Troy at the uh, initial Travelability Summit back in 2019, and and we've not had the chance to to reconnect until now, so it's so exciting. Uh, the company, the brand, the business has been making amazing strides. And as as a blind person uh, myself, I'm excited to learn more and make sure that I can use this product in so many different places. So everyone, we've got Troy Ottilio. He is the CEO of Ira, and we also have Kyle. Kozlowski, he is an agent hiring manager. Welcome to you both.
2: Thanks for having us. This is Troy. It's uh, really great to be on this podcast, Explorable. I'm I'm really enthused about what you guys are doing and and the whole concept. I think travel intersects well with Ira because, as we'll discuss, it frankly was the very first use case that really made Ira popular and innovative, and that was in airports. But I'm I'm looking forward to talking about Ira today and, and to everyone who's out there. Um, hello from Troy.
1: Hey, Troy, before we jump into the questions, uh, I'd like to bring Kyle into the conversation.
3: Yeah, say hello, everybody. My name is Kyle. I've been with IRO now for oh, quite some time, I think four years or something around that time span. But uh, I've had uh, the privilege of actually working firsthand with Explorers as an agent. So I really know the like that position and the interaction and what Explorers are looking for really well. So I'm excited to, to be here and lend a, an assist where I can.
1: Thanks for that, Kyle. Glad to have you both here. And before we dive in to Ira, Troy, I'd like to just hear from you. Your background—you have such a rich resume of experience uh, in in tech and startups. And can you tell us more about your background and what led you to uh, Ira?
2: Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to. I've, I think I've been, you know, blessed uh, in my life. I've had a lot of exciting experience one thing to know i actually grew up in silicon valley which is unusual because that's where i started my career as well um my dad was a like a you know modest like a researcher um chemist my mom was a school teacher and uh i got to see silicon valley kind of you know turn from orchards to what it is today but it's kind of where i got interested in in computers and software went to cal poly got a computer science degree I'm ready to go, and I um, ended up back in Silicon Valley because you know that's where my parents were, and I decided that you know I wanted to work at a startup because it just sounded exciting, like a, a new a new company trying new things, and that's been my core ever since. And you know I went through two or three or four startups, not all successful, um, document them, but the one that really um, you know I think was the most innovative at the time was Ariba. That was a company that, you know, I I got in very early. And when I left, there were 2,500 employees and um, doing some fantastic stuff with the then new concept of the internet. So, you know, I got to live through the pre-internet and the B2B hype and, you know, met a lot of great people, a lot of great uh, engineers and and leaders. And in fact, uh, just a little side note, one of the uh, engineers working at Ira today is someone I met. Back at Ariba. So I like to keep the best folks I've met. I try and keep them close. Ultimately left to move down to San Diego uh, and took a job with Intuit. And we all know Intuit because what they they do a lot of our taxes and manage our businesses like QuickBooks. In fact, Intuit surprise surprise is an IRA access partner so you know like all things kind of run together but i got a chance to kind of bring some of the innovation and passion i learned from the startups uh, and led intuit to migrate from basically hosting their own data centers to what we now kind of know more commonly as aws and the public cloud and that was a great journey and Learned a lot about security and trust, which I've brought to Ira because you know we really um, you know, one of the biggest brand assets. One of the reasons we hear from users why they want to use Ira is they trust Ira with their information, and you know that's that's part of the DNA that we we built in there. But here in San Diego, I worked for yeah for about ten years and two, but that's when I met Saman Kanaganti, who as we know or you may know is the the founder, really the visionary that inspired Ira, and then. Together, um, you know, we grew the company and raised money from venture capitalists who helped build what uh, what we have today. So my journey has really been about, you know, leveraging my understanding of technology, but ultimately, you know, growing into leadership. And frankly, I'm using all those skills and more at IRA. This is probably, this is the most interesting job and the most interesting product and the most meaningful product that um, I've ever worked on. Um, As an example, uh, imagine the dinner table, I have three daughters. Most of the time when I come home from work and they'd ask me politely like, Hey dad, what, what happened at work today? And I'd get about three sentences in and I can see they weren't really listening. They're very, being very polite. That all changed uh, when I started working at IRA, they really wanted to hear about it. And, um, some of them even interned or worked at IRA. Like, so they really, they really connected with it. And I think that leads to the fact that we're in a great period of time right now where there's an increased passion and awareness for all things related to, um, you know, disabilities, disability inclusion, and how you can leverage technology and, and solutions to improve the lives of everyone.
0: Yeah,
1: nothing like the kiddo meter to check your priorities about with what you're spending your time on. You mentioned a couple things that really uh, resonated with me, which was brand and trust. Kyle can speak to this firsthand, you really do have a window into the daily lives of us users and, you know, you're seeing our bank statements and you're seeing our, uh, you know, 401ks. And I think it's really important to highlight that brand value. That is delivered and through that trust and consumer loyalty is, is a really good metric.
3: Yeah, I mean, even working with trust, it's one of those things, all those things that you said, you know, all the finances, letting us as agents into your home, then you get to things of medical in nature, any diagnosis, test results, lab results, um, as well as the first one that was surprising to me was pregnancy tests. Being able to actually read that test, but also remain objective. I don't know if you know if this is something they've been working a long time for to get pregnant or not. So it's one of those you gotta just remain objective and then you can include some personality once uh, they give you the a-okay too.
1: Let's bring this back to travel and before we dive into the product which I want to learn more about let's talk about some of the problems and barriers that IRA users face in the travel life cycle.
2: Yeah so and as I mentioned um, we started IRA with a hypothesis that the solution we have would be beneficial to people with you know who are blind or visually impaired thinking that navigation was the primary experience we did a lot of listening a lot of trials and we did find that, that it has more usage but initially it was focused on navigation and where we saw the greatest benefit, um, as described by our users, and it became evident as you looked at you know the video or you just kind of examined what was happening, is in the airport, right? So if you think about an airport, like it's a it's a time constrained environment, it's a chaotic environment, and as we know, the state of art often for airports to facilitate folks from the um, you know, from the entrance to the gate is to put them in a in a in a wheelchair, which can be demeaning and it's and it's not the same experience that you know you really want. You want the experience of doing it yourself and you want to be able to stop and grab a drink and you don't want to be dependent on someone else to push you around. I don't know if it's a solution, but it's what the state of the art was. And what we found is all of a sudden our users were able to go through the airport and we call our users explorers. So I'll use it interchangeably, explorers as an IRA user. They're now able to get through. And so if you look at that experience, like what are the barriers? One is confidence, right? You know, am I confident that once I get to the airport, I'm going to get to the gate? And if, by the way, if my plane is delayed or I need to change gates, am I confident I'm going to be able to adapt? We do a lot with planning. So, and it's not just about the airport experience. And so I'm going to kind of widen it. Cost is another one. And if if you can't plan in advance, and if you can't look at a lot of sites, and not all sites are accessible, you're effectively taking on more cost, because you're maybe waiting the last minute, you're waiting till someone else can facilitate the interaction if you get to an inaccessible site. So cost is another one. Yeah,
1: I call that disability tax.
2: Disability tax, just transit time, like it's, you know, if you can't be fully independent, if you have to then depend on others, or if you're not able to drive, let's say, and um, now you're taking public transit, that takes a lot more coordination. Now you're talking about transit time. That's another, you know, call it a tax, if you will. We hear a lot from people about safety, like, hey, I'm going into an unknown environment, and especially if I'm going to be on my own, am I, you know, what are the safety concerns? Because I want to know what's in the environment. I want to know where to go. You know what streets, what directions look safe, which ones don't. You know Independence and Value. So there's a bunch of barriers that are presented that Ira can help overcome, and because of that, airport travel and now just travel in general is just much more um, achievable. Like Kyle, what would you say? Like like when you think about some of the barriers that you've seen firsthand.
3: I would say firsthand is, is in that planning stage. So a lot of the airline websites, um, when you're trying to choose your dates to and from for travel, sometimes those are drop down calendars or something that is not accessible. Um, and you also have on some of the airlines, you get to choose your airline seat. And oftentimes those are not accessible. And then because of that you have a delay of either waiting for a sighted person to assist you or you have the time it's going to take to call into the airline and wait to speak to somebody if there's a wait or something like that before you actually get your end result so i'd say even in planning right away we see that right off the bat. Especially nowadays with uh, COVID, um, we've had a lot of explorers needing to rebook or cancel their flights just due to the current COVID conditions of where they were traveling to or from. Um, so you know, helping them fill out an online change request form So they didn't have to spend that time talking to that representative but can do it on their own time since that is accessible 24 7 through the website we have you know not only the planning you talk about transit time like yes nowadays we are blessed to have rideshare options you know uber lyft and the like Um, but even then you have to look at the cost of how much you're going to be using those services and the planning phase do you want to choose a hotel that's closer to your locations for walkability Um, if you choose a hotel that might have a transit you know, a bus that takes you from the airport to that hotel. It just keeps on adding and building and building. And it can be a pretty heavy tax by the end.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite stories about using Ira. you know, I traveled to London a great deal for work and navigating from my hotel to King's Cross Station to catch the train out to Heathrow. I got a bit turned around and, you know, if I didn't catch that next train, I was going to miss my flight. So I just dialed up Ira. The agent's able to see, you know, a blue dot on a map. They can see through my camera. Uh, what's in front of me, you know, the agent guided me right to the train station. And, um, you know, maybe I could have figured it out on my own, but just as likely I would have missed that train in doing so. So just, you know, getting around a new city, discovering what's in my hotel room, adjusting the thermostat. And one of my favorites is a coffee or decaf. That's huge for me. (laughs) So I have, you know, just, it's the little things in life, but it really, uh, but you touched on something about, you know, with website accessibility, because I have a background in in engineering, you're saving company call center costs. And, you know, if you're you're supporting, you know, those flight changes, you're supporting tasks that, you know, customers might call in, which is a pretty heavy cost to a, to a company when, you know, folks dial in. So it's a sort of a win, win, win.
2: In fact, it's not a transit thing yet, but we have a lot of entities, a lot of businesses who are. Choosing to add IRA as a, an additional layer of accessibility. So as I point out, like, you know, we're not a safety device. We don't, you know, replace the guide dog or the cane, and we don't replace native website accessibility. But when a website does have a flaw, and let's face it, there, you know, it's code, it's it's gonna have a flaw. It's the nature of software. It's great to know that you have a fallback, right? To to overcome that. So for example, Intuit, which has great accessibility um if you're a quickbooks user and you get stuck you get to call in through ira through what we call a promotion and that call is free Uh, QuickBooks sponsors that call we all know jaws right like jaws is the most popular screen reader for windows it's the way you you know access a site or even documents on a pc and jaws has an offer that if jaws itself runs into a problem you can call ira and talk about that it's not necessarily related to travel but it's an example Of how businesses are starting to leverage IRA as that additional layer of what you might call support or accessibility and then in addition they get back the information that tells them precisely where those flaws are right so now they're not hunting for the quote needle in the haystack or they're not spending a lot of time to hunt down the details they're knowing exactly the frequency and the impact of of where they're inaccessible so ultimately though as it relates to to travel as we look at more you know travel oriented um, businesses and organizations looking to attract a, a more diverse group of travelers or just generally support the use case ira becomes one of those tools that you can use and by the way one reason uh, i hear from my business customers why they love ira there is no training there is no implementation there is no Nothing physically to deploy. Starbucks just launched across the US. uh, All their corporate stores, all their licensee stores, any place you see the, uh, the Starbucks logo now, you can get free IRA, and you know one of the things you can you can hear from uh, Starbucks on is that they did this again without having to implement anything. Now they did a great job, and they do a great job with accessibility overall. But they even added to that braille and other uh, forms of support for this community. But for them, deploying IRA was as simple as providing us a list of their locations, and we took care of the rest. And so as any transit or any destination looks to extend that welcome mat, if you will, um, Ira's an easy choice.
0: On that note, let's just take a quick step back, and this is kind of an interesting point. It's uh, about the name. Everybody who's been listening who may not be familiar with Ira. You, you might be wondering who is ira or, or or what does ira stand for and it's actually an acronym but it's an acronym that that connects technology and and human insights and while we all see technology as a wonderful component to providing certain levels of solutions we also see the human component troy you mentioned taking care right and care is is central to what ira does and really when you take care that's a human component so i'd love to hear a little bit more about how there's this wonderful balance of technology and the human portion of ira and of course within all that what uh, what does ira stand for
2: so ira stands for simply artificial intelligence remote assistance the a is silent by the way when you read it it's like you you kind of maybe stumble, you know, I try and pronounce it, but just forget the A when you're pronouncing it, you know, IRA, IRA, proud of the fact that, you know, we're, we're basically allowing two humans to connect in a very convenient, quick, safe manner. And what's, what's really core to our experience is that agent who's on the other end. And Kyle's going to go on here in a minute and talk more about like how we find, train, and and develop agents, but what our customers tell us, what our explorers tell us the most is that that is our product. Our product is that human, that agent on the other end and their abilities. And while we love AI and we use AI to augment the experience, um, I still think we'd all agree that we're still in the stage of technology where it is great to be able to ask Alexa or other AI like basic questions, but it's not where you would go to, to get the rich descriptive information, to get the insights and to get complex questions answered.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, even with that connection of the human to human, it allows you to instantly troubleshoot. So you don't have to go back and re-ask the same question a different way, or if you're calling into um, a typical customer service type line, you don't have to go back for menu prompts and press a different letter, press a different number in order to get down that right path or avenue, Um, especially when it comes to computer related work. You know, if something comes up, the agent can see it firsthand. Navigation. If you're walking around a new city exploring, there might be some construction. So we're able then to quickly adapt and reroute to get that explorer where they're needing to go. It's just that instantaneous, you know, connection and troubleshooting and also those nuances. Sometimes questions are not always black and white. You know, you have to really dig in and see what the the true meaning or where the end goal is.
0: And then, real quick, as a follow-up question to to that kind of human component, to that individual who is is with Ira, who's helping out that explorer, who's using the app, who are those people that work for Ira? Can they just be anywhere in the globe? Are they, oftentimes, in a similar or or close proximity to that location? Can you unpack a little bit more about who the people are at Ira that that help the explorers and that support the explorers?
3: So all of our agents um, are U.S citizens, you know, most based in the United States. As we do start to expand globally, you know, we are also looking into different avenues and options um, in that realm. But right now, really, agents are made up of anyone who is a great problem solver, empathetic, and willing to go above and beyond to get the job done. So we have people who are substitute teachers, people who are going to school for their doctorate, stay-at-home moms. We have um, other engineers who just want to do this in their downtime or trying to learn how to code. Um, and this is a nice filler. You know, really all backgrounds, really it's it's anyone who who has that ability to connect and provide stellar customer service.
0: And then one last follow-up question to all that. Is Ira. 24-7. So for example, if it's 2 a.m. and I open a medicine cabinet and I need to find out what's the appropriate medicine to take, could Ira be there to help me at that early morning hour?
3: 100%. Agents are available 24-7, 365. Whenever you need it,
2: we're here. As you probably know, you know, if, as, a, as a user, but for those who don't, we are actually providing service across the globe right now in New Zealand, Australia, the UK, Canada, and the US, which Goes to show a little bit about the technology, even though it's that far away, um, our technology is fast enough that there is no issue with latency. And now you can see, for other reasons too, why we're 24/7 because we're serving the planet, and it's our intention to to grow beyond those uh, regions. But that's where we are today. And and we also, you know, have a goal, and we we consistently meet answering a call within a certain period of time. So it's always about like instant, available, trusted, empathetic agents who have been screened, background checked, and trained. And and that's a part of our secret sauce on how we deliver the best we can to meet the needs of those who have such a variety. I mean the variety of calls we get is just really almost anything you can think of. And 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 that leads to so many conversations.
1: I'm that guy that's like calling in about a JAWS issue and then five minutes later calling back to get help with my sourdough starter because my scale isn't talking or you know whatever so Troy, you mentioned a few brands there. Um, I'm just wondering if you have other travel partners and or destinations that you'd like to talk about who have partnered with IRA.
2: I'll just start with the the easy one that is easy to talk about is transportation that's not necessarily a destination, but what we're talking about is, getting you from point A to point B, and it's where we started. And I'm just going to name a few because we have over 55 different transportation partners. These are places that as an explorer, you can go and have essentially unlimited IRA during your experience. And That includes Houston Metro is a very pioneering uh, transit authority. So anywhere in Houston, you want to get on the bus or subway, you can Milwaukee County. So the county of Milwaukee, any transportation in Milwaukee is provided by that county. Gosh, airports, all the big ones, you got LAX, Dallas Love Field. You've got small airports like Sonoma, LaGuardia, Austin, Spokane. Yeah, there's just too many. I'm kind of scrolling down this, this very long list. Now, when you talk about education as another place and education is a destination, let's face it, like when we think of travel as a father, I visit a lot of different places to check out colleges and I go back to the ones where my daughters uh, were at. And so education is really important. And because of COVID and just in general, we've seen a huge uptake of IRA for students, staff and location. So that's everything from like a Ball State, Wichita State, UC Irvine, you know, University of um, Wisconsin. Again, I'm, I'm reading down this list. We're finding a lot of value, or, or I, I would say those universities find a lot of value across a multitude of use cases, either online learning from home or social distancing on the campus, or in many cases, there's staff on campuses um, who are, are blind or low vision and find value in IRA. And I think about other organizations. There's certainly plenty of organizations, uh, whether it's nonprofit or otherwise, who are directly focused on serving people in this community. So we're talking Lighthouses, NFB, we're talking Vision Forward, we're talking APH, Dallas Lighthouse, Guide Dogs for the Blind, Miami Lighthouse, CNIB up in Canada. Those are all IRA Access Partners. Destinations include cities. We've had, and, and also we have today like different know city of houston sedwick county and we're in talks with a couple others that i can't wait to talk about soon Um, but we we're starting to find cities are looking to deploy ira um, sometimes transportation only sometimes parks and different recreation destinations and they're doing that as another service to provide their citizens but also to make their city more welcoming and do something that frankly, when you get down to the cost of this, it's it's not going to break the bank. It's not an uh, infrastructure project. You know, it's, it's simply turning on some fences and supporting that service. When I get down to employers are adopting IRA, and this also, much like universities, they're finding that either because their company's in a state of transition and a lot of employees are working from home where they don't have the same access to potentially some of the folks in office that they used to have before, IRA is there to help them with their their online experience. And so we have a lot of great partners, maybe not surprisingly, Vespero is a access partner and they provide IRA for their employees. You've got a lot of other employers that not all of them are public, but once you're there, the accommodation is available. And I think you'll be hearing more about those uh, as as this progresses. And then you get into retail. We've got Walgreens. We've got Target. Target's a great partner. Um, I think i like to highlight them because, you know, they started with just a uh, subset of stores and then they, they, they found so much value. They expanded to all of their stores and then they added the online piece. They, you know, despite the great accessibility, they like knowing that if there is a problem, Ira can handle it and they can find out about it.
3: I mean, even places like Walgreens, that requires most time travel. Everyone has a Walgreens nearby, and it's nice that we could just, you know, I'm there to assist an explorer if they need it, to go up the street to grab a few things.
1: Yeah, and Kyle, can you can you tell us more about how Ira enriches that experience? Like, just, you know, you mentioned Walgreens. I think about the museum project. Museums are a popular destination, and... I guess a lot of folks don't think about blind and low vision people visiting museums, but I do. So tell me, you know, from your perspective, Kyle, how Ira enriches my experience.
3: Uh, truly, it depends on the explorer. You know, every explorer has their own um, level of skill, confidence, interests, and what they want to do. Along with that, travel is a huge umbrella. It could be uh, traveling around a college campus. It could be traveling in your local neighborhood. It could be traveling to a destination. Um, I have... Definitely assisted in some of the more vacation calls. The first one that comes to mind is when an explorer is on a cruise and they pull into port. They want to explore the local shops. You know, look for the souvenirs, look for the cool little odds and ends that they want to pick up to remember their trip by. So not only am I able to help them get to that precise you know location that they're looking for, but also navigate through the store, check any like stickered prices but be able to describe that environment along the way a lot of those beach coastal towns you know they're very different in terms of the color of the paint um some of the architecture especially when you get into the Caribbean is a lot more of like a classic spanish style architecture so really like making that experience very vivid and rich if that is what the
2: explorer wants You talked about museums, I pulled up our list of museums, there's like eight of them, I'll I'll mention a few. You know, we've got the uh, Museum of Fine Arts, Boston, Smithsonian, Shedd Aquarium, Space Center, and those are partners. And when we approach the museum, it's often uh, because one of our users wants IRA as a accommodation, if you will, at that location. And the first reaction we'll get is, well, we are accessible. We have an audio guide, you know, and and they're very proud and it's awesome, right? That's that's an investment. But our explorers have told us like you can't ask questions to the audio guide. You get a pre-recorded paragraph or two, which is great. But often, you know, individuals want to know more than just what's recorded. They want to, they want to actually interact with what's in front of them. And by interact, I mean they'll have something described. And that leads to a question. And that question then leads to another description. And so it's a conversation and our agents are really just kind of, if you will, illustrating the environment, but it's personalized, right? So not everyone wants the same level of description. And it's not even always about the primary focus of the museum. Sometimes I want to know who else is here. Is it busy And the basics? Like, you know, I'd like to get some food or, you know, where are the restrooms located? Like the basic guidance. So while those autoworld tours are great, it falls far short of a personalized experience where I get to interact versus I just get to consume. And I think that's a key difference.
3: One of my most favorite calls was a museum call and describing the Batmobile. I absolutely love Batman. And just so happens this Explorer did too. And the audio portion was just not as rich as they would have hoped. Um plus at the actual like car they had it underlit with like purple LEDs creating cool shadows. Um, since you know the Batmobile has a lot of like fins and sharper shapes that so when the light hits it it makes it look either meaner or like it's actually in motion while it is sitting still. So just being able to describe that and uh, make that really, like, really rich experience was awesome. Now I wanna go back to that museum. <laughs>
1: I want to go
0: I love museums too and I really appreciate this this kind of dialogue that's able to be to be bubbled up again it goes back to that human component that Ira has it's not just this pre-recorded uh you know thing that uh that is separate from your phone or or from conversations and and really that sounds wonderful you spoke a lot about some amazing businesses and I again want to celebrate this recent win of Starbucks but uh, i'm going to try to um, ask a few questions maybe follow-ups all in this one question that can can unpack this whole process of businesses connecting with with ira for those businesses that that may be on the fence or organizations that are just now hearing about ira and this whole new app opportunity to welcome blind and low vision people to destinations into stores uh into shopping or, or online how do you talk with them about ira what's the what's the um uh, funding component, maybe if you can unpack that a little bit that a business might need to take on and, and how does that work? And how do you help to move businesses down that path of of showcasing the the power and the possibility of what IRA can do for their customers, for their employees and for the community? I would First, start with saying, like at IRA ourselves, we're still
2: learning about the best way to kind of describe and educate and share with the market what's possible. The first challenge we have is that there's nothing to compare it to, right? I can't come and say we're a better product than what you have. And I think early on it was it was very challenging because of that. But what we're finding now, especially as we uh, have more partners in the different verticals, that it starts with a couple innovative brands who are looking to Really make a statement early, and then it's followed by other brands that then you know see the success and and want to also participate. There's really kind of two reasons that folks want to deploy IRA, or maybe maybe three. One is they just want a better experience for their users, including um, or their customers, including people who are blind and low vision. And, they, and this is just a natural, obvious solution once they realize that it is widely deployed, it's trusted by the users and by the community. It's a safe service to deploy um, because there's always that question right like is this a service is this really going to make a difference is this something that people we use? And I think that question's already been answered. So it can start with customer experience. Some brands are looking to fulfill, frankly, this increasingly important brand attribute of supporting and endorsing and and showing by action diversity and inclusion. Like we know, thank God, like our younger generation, I think is is focused on that more than ever before. Like I mentioned, I have three daughters. Uh, When they go shopping and think about like where they're going to spend time or their money, it's important to them what's behind that brand. It's just not the product, it's just not the price. They want to know that that destination is one that's inclusive. and IRA is a way to to visibly demonstrate it. and I think some of our partners would agree, you know you get some very flattering press for the right reasons. It's an interesting product and the news media picks up on it because it's it's at this point very novel and it's got clear benefit. I think the next, Phase and we're starting to see this with Starbucks. Is for many brands, for many uh, organizations, it's about growth. They see this as a way to add to their their bottom line, to add to the ROI for their brand. And if you look at some of the uh, press releases from Starbucks and and in the media, you know you have Katie Young, who's the senior vice president of global growth at Starbucks, talking to Good Morning America about where you know why and how they deployed Ira, and and they talk a lot about growth. So I think it's customers customer experience. It's about reinforcing some of the brand commitments. And then it's about growth.
0: So Troy, for those listeners that might be an airport or a a metro or a transit system or destination or store or anything else, right? Museum that is just now hearing about Ira Sounds like an amazing thing. What do they need to consider from a budget standpoint? I'll give you the simple answer. Like ultimately, uh,
2: we look at the expected kind of demand that might be generated from that franchise, from that destination, and and we price it accordingly. So yet we have some standard packages and I can kind of give some ranges. And we always do unlimited. So I just want to be clear on this one, like. We don't do metered-based pricing because um, really we want to align the organization with the value they're trying to create. So if you gave them some kind of metered, like more use, the more cost, they're not as willing to then encourage usage, right? Because you're you're kind of putting costs in the way. So what we do is we decided we're going to price everything unlimited. So all of these destinations, and this is something I always have to tell our users, like, don't be afraid to use the, the offer. I have a lot of explorers come up and go, I thought about going shopping at Target, but I didn't, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to waste the agent's time. I think I can do it on my own." No, Target wants you to use it. They paid for unlimited, go for it. And so that's message one is it's always unlimited pricing. When we get into some of our destinations, if you will, like a college, we have like three packages, depending on the size of your university. And they range anywhere from $5,000 a year unlimited all the way up to 40,000 a year. It all depends on the number of, of students and expected traffic. Airports also have some similar structure. Right now we price by hub size. And that can be anywhere from 5000 all the way up to uh, 60000 per year. When we get into new destinations and new arenas, we tend to, to start with what you might think of as more custom pricing. So it's more about a conversation because we need to kind of understand your use case because it would be a little early to come up with standard pricing. So often, though, those come down to a per location, price. Right? So we look at the number of outlets. And since we don't have standard, there's, there's no one standard yet on a location, but it never is going to really come down to cost. It's always been about like, is this the right solution? And then what is the feasibility and what are the implications of, of deployment?
0: Yeah, that sounds amazing for, for any, any destination or organization or business to be able to easily and effectively scale into this opportunity in a way that, that fits them and that their budgets moving forward.
1: Hey, Troy, let's just look to the future and think about like the technology landscape is always changing. And, and of course, with COVID, it's changed all of our lives, uh, you know, working from home. You mentioned earlier about learning from home. Just take us ahead, you know, into the future of Ira. How is Ira going to change with this shifting landscape of technology and working styles, traveling styles?
2: So first off, you know, Ira is an innovative tech company, um, service company at its core. Like our mission is to deliver this experience or the best experience we can. Using the best technology and approach that is available, and the beautiful thing about technology is it's always changing. The building blocks that we have to build on keep improving. You know, whether you look at 5G or cloud computing, artificial intelligence, those are all components that we build on, and you know we look forward to the day when we have the right hardware to deploy them. Like we we'd like to get back to our IRA. Wearable cameras, like whether that's in a glass uh, pair of glasses or a clip-on camera, especially when those technologies are directly connected to the internet and they don't have to be paired with a phone, and so that's just a matter of time. And I hear, by the way, from all the time from our users how excited they are about that outcome. And I expect we'll have something there in the next couple of years. We're just waiting for the right technology to deploy on. I think five G. And connectivity in general is critical to IRA. Like it's a service that connects two people. And if you don't have a connection or a high enough bandwidth connection, that's not going to be an experience at all, or it's going to be a poor experience. We do optimize for low bandwidth connectivity, but as we see 5G rollout, as we see, you know, just simply more connectivity, that all helps IRA. And as the cost comes down for those services, that just means overall uh, solutions like IRA are more affordable. And then you look at AI. So today, our agents benefit from some of the AI that delivers their dashboard experience to make them more efficient. We're always looking at ways to improve and make them, you know, they're like fighter pilots, right? They're doing this very intense work, and we want to give them the best heads-up display, the best environment to work in. And we know we can do a lot more, and with the ever-evolving uh, stage of AI, we're going to make more use of that. So those are just some of the building block areas. If you look at the use cases, and it starts frankly with, with COVID and the, and the pandemic, just pause for a moment and say like last March was obviously a moment for the planet to kind of step back and look at where we are and also just evaluate like decisions we make. And we had to make rapid change. Everyone had to make rapid change and it's still a, a ongoing issue when, when that change is happening. I don't think enough attention and planning is in play to help those. And we know that because of the kind of calls we got. Um, and even to this day, frankly, um, we're finding, and we just launched a free service, a free offer, where if you're getting a COVID vaccine, if you're either signing up or, or on site, that's something we support for free. And the reason we did that is we couldn't ignore the fact that so many calls were coming in where people are challenged with hastily developed government websites for registration or just the logistics of these large environments often where where you get a vaccine. So when I say that what's changing, I think we can all agree that, you know while we have the technology building blocks changing and uh, IRA's ability to kind of leverage those, you also see the world is also changing. So we have to change with it and provide new ways. And I think you can look ahead and see that Ira is going to keep innovating and looking to bring the very best solution and the best training, and the best service forward. Couldn't be more excited because one thing we've proven at Ira we're really great at harnessing technology, but with humans to make a solution that meets the needs of their
1: users. This has been so exciting and insightful. I mean, it's as much as I use Ira. It's always good to learn about the business. And I guess to that end, um, how can folks get in touch with you, Troy, Uh, businesses and destination tour operators, all of our friends in the travel industry?
2: I got two, two easy ways. One is go to our website, AIRA.io. Or if you just literally Google Ira, even if you slaughter it and like type the word blind low vision, you will find us. The second one, if you're interested, you can contact me directly at Troy at Ira.io. You still got to remember that A I R A dot io. So there are some ways you can get a hold of us. We, we we're happy to uh, engage on a on a Zoom call or or meet and and describe more.
1: Well, Troy and Kyle, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast, and thank you for what you're doing uh, for the blind and low vision community and for businesses to make their products and services more accessible and inclusive.
3: Thank you for having me. It's been a great time. Super.
0: Troy Otilia, CEO, and Kyle Kozlowski, Agent Hiring Manager with IRA, Artificial Intelligence, Remote Assistance. Toby, I don't know about you, but I think I'm gonna to go to Starbucks, grab a latte, and use IRA. Thanks so much, everyone. This has been an explorable podcast. Tune in next time where we'll find out more about accessible travel businesses, organizations, and destinations all across the globe.
1: Explorable is a Design century original production in collaboration with the Travelability Summit and produced by Brad Carpenter. Find out more about our productions, podcasts, and insights at designsensory.com originals and travelabilitysummit.com. You can connect with Josh Loebner or myself, Toby Willis, on LinkedIn.